Welcome to another episode of All Things PNW Real Estate. We are here today with uh, myself, Jamal. This is my co-host, Adam. Hey. And we're here today with Aaron. Hello. Aaron from Sunstone Home Inspection. Yes. It's yes. been a, a long time coming, another episode. I think uh, when I started, dude, we started doing this, you were the first person I told. Yeah. So it's cool to get you on finally. It's nice to see you guys going still and going strong with it and growing your growing your base. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you being here and all your support, of course. You know, and Adam tells me you're an avid listener, so I am. that is awesome. <laughs> a lot of time on the road. I spend a lot of time yeah. on the road, so always looking for something to listen to. Yeah, for sure. So can you give us a little bit, or our listeners, a bit of a background of um, how long you've been doing this sure. and kind of where you came from, your background? Been open for three years. Got started uh, when COVID hit. I was at a job for 15 years, and COVID hit, and they let most of their people in my position go. Okay. So I had about six months of severance and savings set aside mm -hmm. and decided uh, at some point during that time what I wanted to do. It was suggested to me to get into home inspection, and it just completely made sense. Yeah, uh, I've been in construction trades, different trades, my entire work career, 30 years plus. Uh, my parents owned a hardware store growing up, so I'm very knowledgeable and know about housing, Yeah, uh, what goes on in housing, and also more importantly, how to work with people, right. how to explain how a house works. Yeah. It's not just finding finding things, but explaining how the house is working. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100%. That leads perfectly into my first question, actually, for inspection. <laughs> uh, when is the best day to do inspection? Uh, sense of like rain, sun, ice, I guess now is a new thing for us. Rain, ideally. Uh, rain will expose most issues with the house, lots of rain especially, whether it's grading in the landscape area or roofing deficiencies or window deficiencies. It really tells you how the house is working. Sun, not so much. Uh, maybe the windows, how the insulation's working in the house, but really the worse the weather, the wetter it is, the better off the inspection goes. Not always the easiest to work in, especially outside or getting on a roof, but for sure it tells how the house is working. Yeah. Unfortunately, we live in a really good state for that. Yes. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and it's been a wet winter, so yeah. it's uh, change of clothes and uh, rain gear, mm -hmm. definitely on inspections. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was getting ready to buy my first home, um, my realtor was uh, adamant that I used an inspector that got into the crawl spaces. So that was one of the most – and that was in southern Oregon, yeah. which um, – not as wet as here, but is that an important thing for you as well? Getting into crawl spaces? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Attics and crawl spaces are the tell-all of a house. Yeah. Um, when I start an inspection, I try to put as much of a load on the house as possible, mm -hmm. run as much water as I can through it, as much electricity, and touch everything, move everything, mm -hmm. and the attic really tells what's going on structurally. Uh, crawl space will tell you what's going on structurally and how the plumbing's going. Yeah. The plumbing, Definitely. that is an interesting one because uh, there's a little story time of my own. Um, my condo unit, uh, when I first moved to Portland, uh, kind of a pretty difficult situation. Essentially what happened was, uh, unbeknownst to me, a pipe had broke um, kind of in between. It's a, I had a shared wall. And so in the upstairs unit, one of the pipes had cracked and was dripping water between uh, in the shared wall. And we didn't really have a way of knowing this because... When I had my inspection done, it's not like they went in those 
pipe. So how how do you tell if that's happening? Is there a way to like test that besides a mold test? I mean, how would you approach that? It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Uh, basic inspection with standards set forth by the state uh, practices, the way we have to operate is it's a non-technically exhaustive visual inspection. Yeah. So really it comes down to following your senses and intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, upstairs plumbing, a lot of times you can't see what's happening uh, behind the walls. Right. So part of what I do before I leave is run a thermal camera on the ceiling below the plumbing. Shared walls, same thing. If I know it's sharing plumbing, most condos share plumbing between walls. Yeah. Typically, I try to run a thermal camera on it uh, just to see, you know, throw yeah. it on there real quick. Uh, it's exceeding expectations in a lot of ways, but at the same point, it, you do find things. Oh, yeah. I'm so paranoid now. Any home that I will be purchasing in the future, I mean, that is like the first thing I'm going to have done. <laughs> so I will definitely be coming it's, to you. It's crazy how people don't want to do inspections either. Yeah, like, that's I'm like, I don't I mean, obviously, I can't force you to do one. But like I'm like I highly recommend doing an inspection, at least talking to an inspector, because there's things you can't see. I know you and I have had. It's a lot of what you can't see, and experience takes you down certain paths of intuition again of knowing if there's a crack here, what's causing that crack? It could be a lot of things. It could be soil underneath. It could be structural issues. Mm-hmm. It's really just following those leads and. Sewer scopes are a must. You have no idea what's going on with the sewer. Yep. Uh, all you can do is run water through it, but it's not telling you really anything. Yeah. And I constantly tell people to get a sewer scope. If you're going to pass on an inspection, I don't recommend it, but at least get a sewer scope. Sure. I don't do it in-house. I third-party it out, work with different companies. I have nothing to gain from it, uh, but get it done. Yeah. It's amazing what we find, especially in new construction. Oh, we really? constantly find the most random items in, in sewers. Interesting. Uh, from what I gather is kids coming to construction sites at night mm-hmm. when the holes are dug and the pipes are in the ground, maybe they're not connected. Uh, workers dropping tools and lines, forgetting about them, leaving them. What did you find one? You've told me a story about one time you found like a... I found a uh, laser grating rod inside a pipe. <laughs> okay. I've seen aluminum scrubbers. Uh, probably 50-year-old stainless steel scrubbers for washing pots and pans that have stayed in the line and was just collecting debris and looked brand new because it didn't stain. It didn't rust. It was stainless steel. Uh, We find concrete. We find rocks. We find broken uh, lines on new construction, roots, anything and everything you can imagine you find, you find. And uh, no repair on, on sewer is cheap. Everything's expensive. Yeah. So if you're going to pass on a home inspection, highly recommend getting a sewer scope. Sure. Not that I recommend passing on a home inspection. Though. Yeah. I mean, especially, I was just curious because it seems that new construction with the amount that's happening these days and it's just the direction that people, a lot of people are going. I mean, even on the lending side, if a construction unit has that, you know, bulk deal with a lender, then they can offer such low interest rates and, yeah. um, you know, cover closing costs, that sort of thing. Then people are just really headed that direction. So I guess anyone listening who, Maybe considering a new construction. I mean, yeah, that's that's a great piece of advice. It's wild what we find on new construction. I think what's really happening is you have so many workers on jobs. You have timelines. Mm-hmm. You have things getting rushed, especially uh, compaction of dirt sometimes, and pipes are getting thrown in the ground, and they're coming apart. Yeah. Uh, 
I find things in the crawl spaces of new construction are tools that they've left behind. These hundred dollar tools, several hundred dollar tools. Yeah. So they're in a rush. New tools they're for you. You keep them? No. no. <laughs> Always hand them off. For sure. For sure. Uh, so how do you? I know you kind of mentioned you put as much stress when you are going into an inspection. Where's like the first place you start? Like how do you plan? Inspection. First thing I do when I get to a house is go inside and turn on every light, every fan, every area where I can turn power on, I turn power on. And as I'm doing that, I'm turning hot water on everywhere. Uh, turning hot water on in all the bathrooms, in the kitchen, anywhere and everywhere. Uh, the way I explain it is I'm acting as if I'm having a party, everybody's there. How's the house going to react with 200 people in the house at one time? Uh, by then, the water heater is moving. It's heating up water. It's telling me what the plumbing's doing. Uh, if the sewer line's going to back up, it'll back up, which uh, happens even during that first initial uh, walkthrough of a house. Uh, then typically, I go outside. I start outside and walk the perimeter and start low, look at the foundation, look at the siding, uh, look up to about the soffits and the eaves, and then make another pass and look at the eaves, look at the edge of the roof. And uh, from there, go up onto the roof. Any opportunity I have to get onto a roof, it's, if it's safe, I'll go on a roof. Otherwise, I have different tools I use. I use uh, extendable poles with cameras, with GoPros on the end of them. I have a drone, uh, long ladders, tall ladders. Uh, anytime I can get up on a roof, I get up on a roof. But uh, that's my routine is really just putting as much of a load on the house as I can yeah. and seeing how it reacts. And also, when you open the electrical panel, uh, I put a thermal camera on that and see if there's any hot spots. Ooh, are any wires heating up? Uh, are they overloaded? Has anything, any of the breakers uh, popped or been reset? Uh, same with the GFI outlets. Um, so that's just my initial, and then when I do go back through for a full inspection, I look at things a lot closer. Yeah. Is that something that, like, is there a common problem in, let's say, in, like, the um, certain areas of Portland that are more prevalent that you see in inspections than other areas, like, I don't know, maybe mold or um, older homes? Do they have specific issues people should be keeping an eye on? You know, with mold, it's tough. I, I find organic growth at 80% of the houses I'm in, yeah. and I'd say half of those are requested to get tested. Right. Um, I can't confirm anything as mold until it's tested by a laboratory. Uh, but I do take samples and take them in and have them analyze it. Uh, mold is very common of those samples that I check. Uh, and again, those grow in, in areas that aren't always looked at. Sure. So attic areas, crawl space areas, uh, one recommendation would be to open those hatches every so often, stick your eyes in there, see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is there water in the attic? Uh, crawl space, is there anything that wasn't there last time? Are you seeing light in areas? Is the coloring of the roofing below changing? Uh, the areas that you're not looking at every day, make sure you're looking at them occasionally, for sure. Especially after a side storm, it's probably super important to kind of pop your head up there and make sure there's no yeah. leaking. I would say in the last two weeks, I've had water, excess water, and crawl spaces in 90% of the houses. Okay. So the, the week after the ice, I probably found water puddles in every single crawl space I was in. Wow. And it was just, that comes down to bad grading of areas, uh, not allowing your landscape to manage water, um, not moving it away from the house. So uh, hmm. your vents, your foundation itself is all wicking water and moving water through into the crawl space, which is the last thing you want. 
Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. This is the north northeast Portland. That has a high uh, radon rate, right? Uh, there's there's there are definitely pockets. The Willamette Valley, uh, Newburgh, Dundee have extremely high levels. Uh, up on the hills above Newburgh, I've had some extremely high readings. Uh, it's really hit and miss. The state puts out a yearly report and breaks it down by zip code. And somehow they get their hands on uh, tests that are performed and they can tell you what areas are moderate, low or high. And it's really just in pockets. I've had houses, I've done houses on the same block that have completely different readings. Uh, so maybe for our listeners who, or anyone from my end, let's say again, lending, yeah. it doesn't really deal with that, you know, radon mm -hmm. or things like that. What specifically, well, what is it and what are you looking for? Radon is a gas that is emitted through the ground, uh, through the soil, by the breakdown of minerals and rocks, uh, certain radium rocks. And as it breaks down, it releases a toxic gas, a cancerous gas. Uh, it's invisible. You can't smell it. You can't see it. Uh, but it's been noted to be the second leading cause of lung cancer in the United States. I think last year there was 14,000 cases that were uh, led uh, as a result of high radon levels. Yeah. There are certain areas I know in uh, Utah and in the Rockies that have very high levels, and almost every house in certain areas are built with uh, mitigation systems. Interesting. So what they do is if, if the test the test that I put out uh, runs for 48 hours or 60 hours sometimes, and it'll take a breath of air and, and analyze that air for radon levels, mm -hmm. and it'll tell us what the levels are. And the state recommends getting a mitigation system installed after a certain point. Got it. And that mitigation system is really just a plastic uh, barrier between the ground and the house and a fan to move any gases oh, that wow. collect below the plastic above the house or outside the house. Interesting. It's a yeah. little tiny little chimney they put on top of the Hopefully Sanford cool. doesn't go down that way. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. That's free. Yeah, that's... yeah, so it is a service a lot of companies uh, out there do the testing just because it is so prevalent, mm -hmm. and it's not a well-known thing. Right. A lot of people that I approach them with testing saying, hey, this area here by the state has higher levels. Do you want to run a test? And they know nothing about it. Right. So uh, education is a huge part, and you can always run tests down the line, but during the real estate transaction, yeah. it's a good time to test it and determine whether or not you want an allowance or yeah. – it's the right house for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's something that I mean, just as a as an agent, I'm sure that's probably a pretty good value add when you're talking to clients of just general knowledge of homes yeah. and, and whatnot. I mean, invisible it's invisible gas. Invisible gas that they don't know about. <laughs> yeah, it's it's scary. Yeah. Uh, well, this kind of leads to my second question, or no, my next question. So you find all these information. Say your your house has a high rate on rate. There's a little bit of mold here. How do you go about explaining it to a buyer? Uh, do you give them a report? Do you kind of highlight the more important things? you get an agent involved? Typically, every, well, every client gets a report. Uh, whether the client wants to share that information with the realtor is up to them. My client is uh, the person buying the house. Sometimes it's the realtor. Really, it's uh, determined before the process who my client is. But every client will get a copy of the report whether they're present at the inspection or uh, over the phone, we'll go over things one by one. I know some places just go over the highlights. I try to go over everything. Uh, everybody has different levels of concerns with the house, and I don't always know that 
until I get talking to them, uh, going over the report. Some people are freaked out by the smallest things. Uh, some are, aren't worried about too much. And going back to my start of working for my parents in their hardware store, uh, everything can be fixed. There's nothing in a house that concerns me too much. Everything can be repaired. Uh, it's just a matter of explaining it to them, uh, typically in a non-alarming manner, or always in a non-alarming manner. <laughs> right. Not trying to freak them out, but explaining it to them and talking them through it. Yeah. Uh, and they always ask, is, if your daughter was buying this house, the most often question I get asked is, if your mom or your daughter was buying this house, mm -hmm. would you you know, let them move into it? Sure. And my answer is always, I'm not afraid of any house. If somebody wants a house and it's the right house, it's the right neighborhood, it's the right time, get the house. Everything can be repaired. And this is where you and your realtor get to go back and negotiate and work on uh, the findings that I present. Sure. That's great. So, that's, Do you, um, is, are all of your, so I'm, I'm assuming because you said it's by the state that everything's pretty uniform. Um, kind of just your inspection reports. Do people like, you know, say an investor or something like that, do they point out different things that they're looking for in inspections or? They don't always, investors don't always want to pay for a full inspection. Got it. They want you to go after the big four things of roof, you know, structural, yep. plumbing, and electrical. Gotcha. Uh, by the state, I am required to do a full inspection. I cannot come in and do a partial inspection, nor do I want to. Mm -hmm. So a lot of liability just saying you have a foundation crack right. yeah. or just saying one little thing. There's a lot of hidden unknowns with the house and a full inspection is the only way to find everything right. on the house. So yeah. it's it's set forth by the state to follow their SOP 100%. Yeah, interesting. Do you think uh, ways of inspection, do, do they continue to improve or is it something that like inspectors over the last however many years always done kind of like the same I technique. I think inspections themselves are the same. Uh, there's certain technologies in houses that are changing and uh, it's, it's a constant learning process uh, about those things. And they're not something that are put in front of me. So Google, Google's my best friend. Uh, forums online, uh, inspector forums are huge. There's a huge almost brotherhood of people asking questions. What's this? I've never seen this. How would you go about explaining this? It's a huge network of uh, not everybody. Not not all inspectors are free to give their information <laughs> or, or non-biased opinion, but uh, it's, it's a lot of talking to people in the industries and talking to plumbers and electricians. And uh, home inspectors know a little about everything. And for me, I know when, I know enough of when to hand things off to a professional, when to say call an electrician, call a plumber. Uh, so it, it's constantly changing for sure. Uh, but the process over the years, I think, is the same. Technologies of reporting and presenting reports has changed. Uh, there's still a lot of people who do checkmark type uh, inspection reports of yes, this was inspected, yes, that was inspected. Uh, I use a more graphic and higher end reporting system, but other than that, I think inspections are, are, are about the same. I really like your reporting system. They, his report, you can go in there and pretty much everything that's like a higher level, it pulls out into nice. its own separate report, which makes it so much easier yeah. for like a lot of my clients, my clients for the most part share inspections with me. So it makes it a lot easier for me to kind of go in and be like, okay, what's this? Yeah. Okay. 
And then you're always answering my phone calls at like 11 o'clock at night. Yeah. I'm like, hey, you awake? <laughs> well, it can turn a 80-page report into a five-page summary of issues. Yeah. And with that, there's also options for uh, agents to build a repair addendum directly from the report so they're not having to copy and paste certain things or, or you know, cut out pictures or whatever it is. Some of them do. Yeah. Uh, so using newer technology and reporting for sure it is a huge part. Yeah, it's helped me and helped my clients. I'm sure. Yeah, that was one thing. I mean, being going back to being a first-time home buyer, I remember I didn't know that there was a difference between an inspection report and an appraisal report. <laughs> and I was like, wait, so why do we have to get an appraisal now that we've already got an inspection? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, are those forms pretty similar? Do you think or? Um, I have limited experience with appraisers, and from what I've seen when they're on the job site, they're there about 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I think more of what they're doing is behind the scenes. Uh, they have certain things that they're looking for, and I don't know if they're sharing, if the agents or clients are sharing my findings with them. Typically, no. Typically, yeah. not. So We don't usually. As lenders, we don't. We, I mean, I usually don't get to see the inspection yeah. report. So there's definitely certain safety issues that yeah. I'm sure they're looking for. Uh, that every house should have certain standards. Right. But home inspections, I, I believe, are much yeah. more. Yeah, I mean, I know that, I mean, just from the, the lending guidelines, they have a specific, I mean, per program, that's a, you know, kind of a checklist yep. method they have to go through, which sometimes uh, vary per, you know, appraiser. Some of them are um, a lot friendlier than others. <laughs> so, yeah, they're usually in and out. 15, 30 minutes on a house, and they're in and out. Yeah. For if sure. the appraiser's in a good mood, he'll appraise your house very nicely. If he's not, he typically goes about. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we are just talking with our, our other buddy how one appraisal came in at what, 425, and the other one came in at 525. So that's yeah. like, yeah, that part that just confuses me. <laughs> it confuses me. And I'm I, a lender. So. I think it's just they just get to choose how much your house is worth. Yeah. Which is weird. <laughs> what would they pay for the house? Exactly. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, so this has kind of been one of a topic question you and I have talked about a lot with having an inspector on. Can you give us a horror story of an inspection that you've done? <laughs> a horror story. Um, inspections are all about the same. My process for inspecting the house is all about the same. Horror stories usually come in the process of inspecting and seeing odd things. Is that what we're kind of referring to? The, yeah, like what's the craziest thing you've yeah. seen? Craziest things I've seen. Uh, dead animals <laughs> in crawl spaces. <laughs> Live animals in crawl the spaces. The funniest story oh, is fun. the two spiders. That, the giant. Yes. That one, I don't know why it cracked me up every time I think about it. It's for spiders, I'm not afraid of too much. Spiders are the one thing that certain spiders scare me and there's certain spiders that I only find occasionally that are massive mm -hmm. and hairy and stare at you. Those ones will make me, you know, yeah. question where I'm going. <laughs> um, it's like Harry Potter. Yeah. I found tombstones on properties. I found graves on properties. Oh, um, I've never heard of this. I did a house out, Kind of rural, rural area, there was a grave. You know, do you bring and, and, sage with you? What's that? Do you bring, do you bring sage with you? No. no not Remind me to buy you some. Uh, tombstones, gravestones, um, 
I found people in houses that shouldn't be there. Oh, that's fun. That's well, squatters. That's... Squatters in certain areas uh, are more prevalent for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's made me change the way I do things. Sure. And certain tools that I carry with me. <laughs> um, Squirt gun. Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> uh, the worst things for me, I think, that walking into a house, honestly, the horror stories for me are are presenting things to clients that they're not expecting. Mm -hmm. Staging, in my opinion, has, be has come a long way with houses. Flippers working on houses and stagers doing things in houses that can make a house look absolutely wonderful. Mm -hmm. And walking into a house and clients have the highest expectations. They just don't think anything's going to be wrong because it's all been done. Yeah. And then getting into... Crawl spaces and myself as well, getting into crawl spaces, getting into attics, moving things around and finding things that are 100 years old. Uh, finding, like I said, carcasses that have been in certain areas and hidden cavities. Oh my gosh. Forever. I mean, it's <laughs> yeah. in the beginning of the house. So it's you never really know what you're going to come across. Yeah. Uh, I take it as adventure. I love, I love every bit of it. Mm -hmm. uh, so horror stories, I, you know, recently, somewhat recently, I had a paranormal experience oh boy what i had a paranormal experience i was inspecting a house out in, and i can talk about it because i know the client didn't buy it uh but it was a house out in dayton which i have found oh, out yeah. has certain areas which are have, are known to have paranormal things going on and i was at the house by myself it was a hundred plus year old house mm -hmm. and i was up in the attic and found a leak in the attic and was sitting there documenting it and taking pictures of it and I felt a little tap on my shoulder and I looked around and looked up thinking it was maybe a drip of water and didn't see anything and so I kept going about my business didn't think anything about it and also some kind of pushes my shoulder forward and I again really didn't think anything about it that was maybe a twitch because I was kind of in weird positions and then something started tapping my leg continuously and I looked down and my pants, my knee is the actual, my, my workwear was depressing down there and I could feel something pushing on me. And so I kind of stood there for a second, freaked out. I was standing on top of rafters. Mm -hmm. uh, if I moved too much, I'd you know, risk falling through the ceiling. It's vaulted ceilings in this place. And so started sitting there and thinking, okay, there's something up here with me. There's somebody up here with me. Do I freak out and run out of here real quick or do I just turn around and walk out casually? So I sat there for a second thinking about it and just decided to turn my flashlight off and say, I'm going to leave now and turned around and walked out and left, left the other. Figured I got everything I needed at that yeah. point, but it was, it That's was something, nice. something was there. Come to find out that the agent, the buyer's agent went back at some point. I never told anybody about this. And yeah. so I'm not going to scare anybody or tell them that type <laughs> right. of experience, you know, the house speaks to itself. Yeah. And, uh, the buyer's agent was there by herself waiting for the client at some point and had a similar experience of something tapping them on their shoulder, uh, in an upstairs room. Huh. So when I told the buyer, after I heard the, the person, my client didn't buy the house, I told the realtor about this mm -hmm. and she explained to me the same thing, started freaking out. Whoa. So, Little poltergeist. It happened. So, so that would probably take. Uh, that would probably be the horror story. That's I mean, probably the best story we've ever had on this pod. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was interesting. So, I've told a couple people about it, and I've heard stories, other stories in that area that there's known activity 
in certain areas of that area. Uh, All right. Well, we can end our podcast now. Yeah. Thank you for coming <laughs> that's, up. That's, that's what so we need. That's crazy. That's I'm actually, so I'm big into that stuff. Like, I've Are never you? had, like, it happen to me before, but, like, I feel like sometimes I look at a place and I'll just, you know, like those hundred year old places. I think I was just trolling still the other day and I saw a house in the woods that was like the same color as the trees. And it's like, you know, 120 years old. And I'm like, ghost lives there. hundred <laughs> percent. There's no way I'm going there. Absolutely. In no circumstance. Cause yeah, like it just, it's got that vibe. You definitely get vibes from houses. Uh-huh. Houses definitely speak to you, especially yeah. as you're the more invasive, on things that you get older houses, mm-hmm. um, the, the house definitely speaks to you. Right. And there's things out there. Yeah, there, I'm there's... definitely buying you sage now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I was joking for ish, but now I'm like, yeah, I'm you're serious. gonna walk around with a silver bullet, and <laughs> I know they have special ghost finding tools, so maybe that might make there my tool <laughs> up. Yeah, your thermal inspector just have another ghost inspector that goes along with the rabbits. Yeah, that's awesome. Continue after that story. Dayton. Yeah. Dayton. Dayton. Dayton's a great town, though. Really neat town. One stoplight, right? One stoplight. Yeah. One stoplight, several good restaurants, one really great restaurant. Hmm. And uh, I love Dayton. Yeah. Big sports town. Huge really? sports town. No oh, yeah. I think I've, I've probably literally only driven through Dayton a couple times. Oh, yeah. Just Yeah, I think I had a couple of soccer games growing up, and I would just drive through that town because they were open like, Hillsborough or something like yeah. that. So. <laughs> yeah, huge sports on my kid played uh, basketball. And so oh, nice. I got introduced to club teams over there and uh, how yeah. huge of a sports town it is. Cool. Yeah. For two way two way area, right. they, they they have a great great nice. setup there. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean I don't even know how to segment out of that. <laughs> I'm still thinking about the ghost in the rafters. I wonder what his name is. Or her. Or her. Yeah. Or it. Or it. You know, just walking around poking people. It it's nice. nice. It was kind of just a like a poke. It was a poke. Yeah, it was a poke. Nothing violent. Nothing. Right. I wonder why they're poking. Just checking you out. It was. Are you real? <laughs> I don't like, I, the weirdest part was is that I talked to it. I said, "I'm gonna leave now." <laughs> yeah. You know. So after I got down out of the attic and pulled my ladder down, I said, "I, I was talking to it. <laughs> Who was I talking to? I'm gonna leave now." Too uh-huh. much Ghost Adventures you watch. I mean, they talk to them. Like it, they do. I geek out on this stuff. Ghosts uh, supposedly take a lot of like energy. So like if you have negative energy, they're gonna have more like ghostly powers, I guess would be the right <laughs> word, to like do what they want. Mm-hmm. But if like you show like, okay, I'm calm, I'm confident, like I'm gonna leave, I'm gonna let you do your thing, they're like they respect that. Melissa's gonna have a heyday with this episode. She is obsessed with this stuff. Well, I won't say obsessed, but she's a big advocate. That's one of our biggest fights as a young couple. She was like, I'm a big ghost believer. And I, I, was grew, like, I, I, grew, I grew up in a house with a ghost in it, ah, which okay. we know for sure was a ghost. I, I grew up in a house, uh, two houses down from the house we ended up buying when I was, I think my parents bought it, and I think I was nine or ten. Yeah. But there was an old man who lived in the house, and he died. And when they the family sold the house, my parents bought it, but he continued to live in the house. Hmm. And so I grew up there to my 20s, and his... Uh, he was very active in our house. <laughs> like flipping light switches? Flipping light switches, playing with the dog. He played um, with the dog? He played with the dog. He would throw balls. We would, the dog would be in our room or in the living room with us, and his ball or toy would come down the hallway by itself, and the dog would go and chase it and run throughout the house and then bring it back. And he had a nice the dog knew. The dog knew. 
Dogs cool. or animals no uh, like they can sense that stuff. See, I do way too much research on this. Yeah, my my, my address was also thirteen six six six. That was the address of the house. So, oh, interesting. Mix so that's that, the mix that into it. There's portal. the portal right there. The portal. <laughs> the little energy portal <laughs> that you moved into. The home loves dogs. Out. Apparently everyone loves dogs. Yep. Even... <laughs> Sorry to take it a different direction. Skirt <laughs> the paranormal podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All things paranormal. Uh-huh. All I things, mean, yeah. P.U. <laughs> <laughs> All things paranormal Northwest. Wow. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Crazy. <laughs> I'm blown right now, to be honest. Yeah, we gotta ask everyone about their ghost stories. There you, you go. Yeah. That's actually a good idea. Uh huh. Alright, I'm gonna venture away from the horror stories. <laughs> okay, well, it's kind of part of a horror story. What do you do, say, after an inspection's done and a client's like, you didn't catch this? Like, I've caught it now. Like, how do you, how do you handle something like that? It's hard. It's, it's, I take it very personal. Uh, it's hard. The problem is that houses don't always reveal issues while I'm there for three hours. Uh, a lot of times they'll start four to five hours after I'm there. I've had issues where I've been at an inspection, not found a plumbing uh, issue or uh, deficiency, and then two hours later the seller will come back into the house and say, hey, there's water on the floor here. and. So I go back, I, if I'm available, I'll always go back and try to evaluate what's going on. Uh, there's plumbing and walls, whether it's just a drip, uh, sometimes it exposes itself. So it's really handled with a lot of caution and disclaimers. Uh, all I can do is tell you what I see while I'm there for the three to five hours for an inspection. Uh, things also arise when people move into a house. Uh, we've had sewer backups. Uh, where they didn't do a sewer scope on the house and the sewer system was totally shot. Uh, Stuff like that's hard. It's really hard. But there's a process in place. The state has done their due diligence of setting standards that we have to follow, and the insurance companies have certain standards that I have to follow, and I'm confident that I'm giving you the most complete, thorough inspection that is out there every time so i stand by my work uh that's really what it comes down to is how do i how do i present it how does it go i stand by my work i have i stand by what i do i've i mean i've used you countless times and i'm so thankful i found you on google that one day (laughs) before we hop off that i want to just touch really quick on um staging because you mentioned um sometimes staging can be almost like a cover-up job And also it's kind of being used as like a premium these days that some agents will, um, they'll charge more for staging a house really well aesthetically. Do you think there's kind of a balance there of, um, you know, or is it how often do you see where a stage job is, is kind of masking what's really going on? I think staging, ideally my ideal inspection has nothing in a house, absolutely nothing. So staging is, for one reason, and that's for aesthetic visual purposes. It's nothing about the house. Uh, perhaps it's selling the buyers on possibilities with the house and uh, what they can do with it. But on my visual, um, the way I take it is it's blocking what I'm trying to do. Uh, so I really move anything on a wall, uh, anything that's leaning against the wall outside. Tough one that I come across quite a bit is stacks of wood. 
people will move out of a house and leave their wood there. And so I've gone to houses that are vacant and have been vacant for a long time. And there's not even staging, but there's stacks of wood. And I'm not able to move full stacks of wood in my time there. Right. And two, three months later, when the seller moves in, uh, there's something hidden behind that area. There's a crack in a foundation. Um, there's damage to wood siding behind it. There's wood destroying insects. There's termites. There's something living behind it. And so that's tough. So uh, again, disclaimers yeah. and, and having the buyers do their due diligence of requesting things. Nothing wrong with asking, hey, can this pile of wood be moved before we buy it? Sure. And so I present that. doesn't happen a lot of the times. Sometimes it does, uh, but it usually doesn't. Yeah. Awesome. I know I heard a story from another realtor that everything was staged, even the carpet. Hmm. So they came in the day that <laughs> yeah. they bought it, and the carpet was gone, and the baseboard was showing. Wow. So... Yeah, yeah, they tried to buy this property with, uh, yeah, <laughs> apparently not a very good inspection. Wow. Because, <laughs> yeah, apparently when they took out the carpet, then, yeah, there was no real floor. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that was a uh, bit of a cover-up. It's hard. Uh, it, it's it, There's a lot of liability for sure. Yep. And so it's constant learning and being humble and uh, correcting issues and, and doing what's right. That's sure. really what I focus on is doing what's right. I'm in fault. Um, I'm gonna admit it, and I'm gonna do everything in my power to 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 help out sure. to, to correct it. Yeah, yeah, that's so important. I think in any job, honestly, just you know, being able to accept responsibility, Absolutely. work hard, and do the right thing. Yeah. And obviously, nobody's completely perfect. I mean, I I have messed up so bad on things before, but I'll always take responsibility for my mistakes. So, yeah. another question. Flying through them. I'm just kind of just. I'm still stuck on the coast. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we discuss UFOs? <laughs> For some reason, it's been popping up on my YouTube lately. These like UFOs. Guys, this guy camping out like Area 51. Oh, sorry. Nice. Area 51. This guy just camping out. Do you remember that Area 51 takeover yeah. in 2020? Yeah. <laughs> that was probably one of my favorite things. We're going to storm seen. the military base. <laughs> yeah. It was like 20 people doing the Naruto run. Oh, that was peak. <laughs> We're going to storm the base. <laughs> that was so good. I guess, should we go to our, our favorite question that we ask all of our guests? Yeah. Go for it. I don't think you're much of a drinker, but on this podcast, as you Listen, we asked people what their favorite cocktail, mocktail, or drink is of choice. What is your uh, go-to if you are going to? Depends on what I'm eating. My wife's in the wine industry, so we typically have a lot of really good wine around the house. Uh, I will partake of a whiskey every once in a while. I'm not a connoisseur of whiskey, but I know what I like and usually have a bottle or two around. Dry uh, or bourbon? Bourbon. Uh, Woodford Reserve is... Kind of my go-to, just uh, something to have around the house. And if it's anything less expensive than that, I will mix it up and make an old-fashioned or or mix something up. Uh, and I'm also a beer drinker. I, I enjoy beer. Uh, artisan, not so much the cheap beer, but I'm a lager guy. I'm a working man's beer. Uh, so I always go after the lager, after the lightest yeah. working man's beer. I like it. Old German. 
all German. Yeah, I mean, it's great. You go to these uh, some of these restaurants, and they'll have an eight dollar pint of beer on tap, or you can go buy a two two dollar yeah. fifty cent can of old German. It's so much better. It's great. It's great. The beers at my hockey games are four bucks. Really? Nice. Start playing hockey. A guy like you, that makes sense. I'm the enforcer. <laughs> the goon? Yeah, uh-huh. pretty much. Brick wall of the defense. <laughs> uh, well, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, can you talk about your company a little bit, Sunstone? Sunstone. How, you come up with it? How I came up with the name? Yeah. <laughs> Nothing magical. Uh, I decided to start a business, and I wanted a website that had my name in it, and all the names of advanced and AAA and all the more common names were there. Uh, so I started looking into oddball names of certain things, uh, state birds, Oregon state birds, uh, everything Oregon. And I came across that Oregon state gemstone is the Oregon sunstone. It's a rock that is mined in Southern Oregon and you can go on public land and uh, pull these gems up, pull up these rocks. Uh, from Southern Oregon. So the name, I, the, the second I saw it, I loved it, and I looked it up, and that website was available, and I grabbed it. And so I've worked around it. My wife came up with an incredible logo, and uh, that's the story of it. Nothing nothing too magical, but I, it spoke to me. Do you have a Sunstone now? I do. I do. It's part of uh, – I market with them. I hand them out when I market – a lot of uh, marketing I do, I go to open houses and introduce myself to realtors and ask how their days go and I just kind of give them a little information packet about myself and I uh, throw in a couple Oregon Sunstones in there. Very cool. Yeah, they're a small rock. You can buy them in bulk and they're beautiful rock. That's awesome. But I kind of explain the, where the name comes from and more about the state. Something yeah. you do, most people don't know. That's very cool. One time, um, there's a place over outside of Bend that you can go hunting for uh, little thunder eggs. Uh, it's you know, you go digging. They send you out in the middle of nowhere with like a pickaxe, essentially, <laughs> and you're like digging around for these little kind of like ball-looking things, and they're everywhere. And you can find some really cool ones. And yeah. You take them back to the shop and they split them open, and they're like the coolest-looking, like diode things. Are awesome. It's very cool. But yeah, that's that's right. I that's haven't really made my way down there. I keep telling my wife we're gonna go down and try it out. I mean, of all people, we need to go down. And <laughs> yeah, you're gonna have to. Yeah. So hopefully this year. Yeah. This year, I hear it, it gets extremely hot. It's out in the middle of nowhere, so it's 120 during spring and summer, and it's wet during winter. So <laughs> got to find the right time to make it down and do it. Yeah, it's worth it. Um, and I almost forgot one of the more important questions. First time home buyer, what advice do you have for them when it comes to inspections? Ask lots of questions. Ask lots of questions. No matter how absurd, small, odd the question is, ask questions. You have agents that have been doing it and have all types of experience. You have lenders. Uh, I'm always amazed at how little first-time homebuyers know. They've lived with mom and dad for 20 years and have no idea how to do certain things to a house, how things work. and same thing I, with lending, getting loans and how the industry works and how finding a house works. Ask questions. No matter how small they are, ask those questions. You're hiring people to do something, use them. And make sure you have, and that'll tell you if you have the right people working for you. Nice. It's fantastic. That's a really good answer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, this is great. 
Thank yeah. you. Appreciate you coming on. That was fun. That was fun. Thank you for having me. Yeah, with that, we'll, we'll close it out, see if I can press the right button here. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Yeah. You had a ghost. Seven, seven minutes. Seven minutes.